0: Don't take me personally from what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I don't have any strikes because I'm black. And that's how I look at it, okay? Um, when you put out there what you get, if you put out there and the energy that you put out, I have one strike cause, cause, because I'm black mm-hmm. or I feel no one's going to hire me because I'm black. man. two, that's one strike. Then my second strike, no one's going to hire me because I have dreads. So you're already two strikes in. So you don't have one strike to go. So personally, I don't look at anything like that. I look, I can go into a job, get any job I want because of who I am and the confidence of having myself,
1: and I'm about the certain product that I'm interested in, that I'm going to get. I just want money in the bank. Have no time for them we just Pray and say amen.
2: Hello, my name is Walt, and I'm the host of Boss Logs, the show where we are redefining professionalism, elevating black voices, and improving... And natural hair and professionalism do coexist. Now, we do that by speaking to black leaders, CEOs, professionals, and some really dope people to really understand their personal career and natural hair journey and how they have navigated professional environments while being unapologetically black and their true authentic selves. Now, today's guest isn't here with me today. And, I mean, of course, you know. Everything I'm doing right now is virtual, but um, in today's episode, I'm going to take you back in time to April of 2017 with, for the very first interview that I ever did with Logs. Boss Boss. And um, before I introduce our guest today, I actually want to shout out Caleb Robbins, because this particular interview may not have happened if he um, didn't make the introduction. You know, um, for those who've been listening from the beginning, you know that I... I came with this idea back in 2016, but I actually didn't really know what I was going to do with it or the direction I was going to take. So uh, I was kind of toying with different ways to do this show. And kind of one day Caleb just called me and said, hey, I told someone about your show and he's interested. And I was like, yo, whoa! you you said what? (laughs) Like all I had was a name for it didn't really know how i was going to do it or anything be like yeah just come on up and i, I really just did I, I packed my car and brought everything i had with me to do this which was basically just my phone and a phone mount that i got from tj Maxx. and um i did the interview but to be honest it was um one of the most nerve-wracking things that i've done on this journey so far um i remember walking up to the building um after this like three four hour drive and Kind of wishing that you know, I was thinking like, oh, okay, maybe he just won't show up, and I'll just go back chill with uh, Caleb and my friends, yo. Know. But um, no, he was there. We we pulled up to his uh wife's office, and he was asking me like, oh, what do you want to do? And I was like, um, we just sit right here. You know, I I <laughs> all I knew was that I needed to see him clearly. But um, yeah, so I set up the camera took me like an additional five minutes to set it up not because I needed to do a lot just because I wasn't sure like okay man kind of nervous like because it's time to go so I hit record and he, he just went at it and I definitely want to thank you uh, Melvin for um, taking a chance because this was um, this was a really pivotal pivotal moment for me because I was this is the first time that I had spoken to someone with locks who was in a professional environment and um, was thriving without his hair or kind of his blackness kind of holding him back. So, um, you know, without further ado, I want to welcome you all to this special episode, uh, Back in Time to 2017, where I speak to Melvin Ross and learn why his blackness isn't a strike against him and how he. Has uh, navigated all sorts of environments in Bluefield, West Virginia. Thank you all for listening, and you'll uh, we'll hear from Melvin soon.
1: I'm just going in.
2: Let's know your name and
1: where you're from. Good.
0: Uh, Melvin Ross, Bluefield, West Virginia.
1: And what do you do right um,
0: now? I manage an energy efficient company for Appalachian Power. I work for Honeywell, and we have a contract. AEP was a local utility in this area uh, to educate homeowners, residents on how to save off well their utility bill. Uh, mm-hmm. I do the whole state of Virginia um, for the AEP
1: utility in this area. Right. How long you've been growing your dreadlocks?
0: About seven years. It started with my son uh, right before he turned one, so he's my stepping stone. My mouth, mark how old? How long I've been growing my hair
1: up. What matter, uh, mm-hmm. what, um, what led you to really? decided to start growing your
0: Well, it was my wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of started growing my hair out anyway. I had a little, little mini fro, doing a little texturizers, doing an experiment, things like that. Mm-hmm. And then we was watching the Sunday's best, where um, I saw this gentleman on there with long hair and it was raised. and it something to look real good and it was long. And I was like, man. And she was like, well, you can do it. And I was like, okay. So later that August, um, I had already started growing my hair so it was long enough to go and start getting it twisted. And I went to Charlotte, North Carolina and I had it twisted. And it's been, here we are seven yeah. years later. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Any hesitations at all before?
0: No, it really wasn't no hesitations. I went straight from getting the haircut on the grain with the edge up, no braids or anything like that, to straight going in dread So it was, it was dramatic. Yeah, pretty yeah. dramatic, yeah.
1: you remember like, um, so for me, like, I remember the first, not the very first, but one of the first moments when I wore my hair in public, I went back to school, ninth grade, and I remember everyone was just, like, looking at me, like, oh, man, that's a topic of conversation for a couple of weeks. Um, do you remember it all, like, some of your first experiences?
0: Yeah, I was actually working at a call center, and I was mm-hmm. a supervisor at the time, and um, everyone started calling my like, little D.L. Hughley, you know, I had these <laughs> little thing, but this stuff never grew. Uh, it was... Starting off, it looked kind of it looked real good because it's small little curls and that short up the stage. It kind of looked decent, but as maybe a couple months went by and it started growing, it was like, Ugh, okay. So this is one of the things, yeah, you, you definitely get some looks. You, it gets to look weird and funny for a while. <laughs> it does. It, it's, it, it takes you to a maturity stage too because it's most important either you can deal with it, you can cut it off, or maturity and discipline, just... Stick it out, I guess. More mm-hmm. or less.
1: When you were working at the call center, was there? I guess how did everybody like take like the new hairstyle and everything?
0: Um, it was pretty. It was it was a conversation piece. Yeah. Uh, they would ask, you know, what are you doing or that type of thing, but it never affected my job. Yeah. Um, or anything like that for the appearance or dress appearance or anything like that. Uh, it was just more of a conversation piece. You know, people yeah. want to see how it's going to grow, how long you're going to grow, and. You'd be so surprised in this area at the time I was doing it. It had it start, some momentum um, for a while. You no know, dress wasn't uh, in this area wasn't really popular in. Of course, you know when you go more south things like that. So um, when I started doing it, a lot of people started asking a lot of questions. Not the reason why, or just really interested. In yeah. How long you gonna let it grow? You know, and some people, some areas, or some people. Period, don't keep them up. You know, my hair looked bad now, I had done four months, but some people just walk around, some people had a bad stigma about the dreads or how you keep it, how you look at us, some let it just ball and not up, you know. So people had different reasons for the reason the why they hair looked the way it looks. But in my case is really so nice one experiment, you know, just try it out and style see what happens. But you know, people just like it, I start asking questions and and to the point now where I'm at, it's still a conversation piece. We meet different people in you know, more rural areas, they see people on T V. Not too many people really deal with that face to face on an everyday basis. We're running encounters and asking questions. We won't know if it's real, if extensions. extensive? Is it yours? Is it not? What do you do with it? You know, how long it take to get it done. So it's pretty much a
1: lot of support and you know, everything
0: people oh, yeah. are positive, yeah. I guess. Oh yeah, days. you know, they always refer, you know, you like Larry Fitzgerald, you like this person, they always try to refer you to some, you know, uh, some athlete or different things like that. Uh, a lot of a lot of women ask questions about it if you feel old or not. They wanna to touch it, you know, extensions and you know, different mm-hmm. things like that. A lot of guys is, um the guys are just used to it, you know. So it's you know I think it's pretty funny. <laughs> it doesn't I mean it's just no different I, I think as someone walking around with an afro or you no know, purple or blue hair, you know, mm-hmm. it's like gonna look like wow. I'm mm-hmm. one of them type, I think remember walking with some pink blue hair, like, okay. <laughs> you know, you know what, what is she doing today? But hey, if he looks good, you know I, I think people sometimes people uh, associate someone with a hairstyle. Figure there may be some type of uh, belief or whatever. And me personally, the dreads don't make me. I make the dreads, so the dreads it's only just hair or who I am. It's, mm-hmm. it's pretty, it's pretty much it's me. Okay,
1: she said when you first started, really not a lot of people. Headdress and the area and everything. Right. Know? So since then, I feel like you've well, yeah, you I've seen a lot more people, but as far as keeping it up and
2: maintain
0: clean, the, the that's 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 the that's the big thing. Typically, I don't walk around this long. if I get my hair done. Um, it's the morning time I just like going around. You know, I guess going through a phase of letting it growing out, not getting it done that much. Keep stuff, keep my roots stuff real good and strong. Not getting it twisted too much, twisting stuff out. But yeah, that's one of the biggest things in this area, you know, if I don't get it done, at least I keep my face or something like that clean. And then people just walk around and don't get it done. Okay. You know, you have some older guys that have it. it just, it's crazy. So,
2: so that, that's, that's really much the,
0: the, the, the big stigma. That, that we we'll not get it done. You know, why is it this thing, you know, it's a bunch of hair or is it heavy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I guess it's about the same thing with anything, you know, any women or any guy or any one that has long hair, you know, like keep it up or keep mm-hmm. it out looking look
1: all right, so it's good to hear that in you know, your job and everything, no one really had a lot of positive reactions and everything. Right. So when you hear a lot of people saying, like, you're never going to get a job with dreadlocks, and, you know, you've been pretty successful, you know, seven years with loss.
0: Yeah, I haven't, um, I mean, the position I work now, I mean, honey was a big portion of the 500 company. I mean, they're pretty numbers, uh, um, I mean, I, I, no, I don't, I haven't had an issue, um, power company AEP, I was going before uh, in the energy industry I've been I've been doing for the past seven years and that's I have been doing something starting dredge. So I started dress so, uh, from the day I started working with the utility till now. So they've seen the different stages of the the <laughs> the nods, the poodle, the half hair, can't have you know you can't do anything with it. And even with me meeting some of the high guys, the top guys in the utility company that run these programs and the work for, you know, they the the director of the energy efficient program to coordinate with, and uh, they know me on first name basis, and it's um, never an issue with um, with my hair, and it never has been. To be true, it's more of local and family, and, and in my case, it really wasn't um, the work industry or the companies or having job opportunities. A lot of times, you know, uh, I had an uncle tell me, "A oh, nephew, you got all that hair, you know, you looking all scrubby and rough. You know, you always want to strike against because you're black." I don't, don't take me personally from what I'm saying. Mm. I don't have any strikes for because I'm black. And that's how I look at it, okay? Um, when you put out there what you get, if you put out there and, and the energy that you put out, I have one strike cause, cause, because because I'm black, mm. or I feel no one's going to hire me because I'm black, man. Two, that's one strike. Then my second strike, no one's going to hire me because I have dreads. So you're already two strikes in, so you're going to have one strike to go. So personally, I don't look anything like that. I look, I can go into a job, get any job I want because of who I am and the confidence I have myself and the knowledge about the service or product that I'm interested in and that I'm going to get. Uh, so I don't look at uh, any type of uh, mistake in myself for, for whatever reason that I couldn't get what I want. And I, I think sometimes that's, <clears throat> that's a culturally thing. I mean, you know, you have, uh, I look at things a lot of things are different. When it really becomes my my background, my mom raised me in church. I, I, just, I just don't, I don't unfortunately, I mean, not unfortunately, but fortunately I don't look at things like that. I, I never had an issue of me not getting something in that one because of my skin color or my, or, uh, or my hair. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm right, not so. saying, I mean, not saying it doesn't happen. I mean, it happens every day. But with the energy and things I put out there, I put, I figured you get what you, you, you receive what you put out there. Mm-hmm. If you receive and you see positivity and that's what you're looking for is what you're going to get back. If you're looking for money and different jobs, opportunities, looking for more positive motivation, and uh, doing something different—that's what you're going to get. If you're seeking racism, if you're seeking these type of energy, that's the type of energy things you're going to receive. And uh, I think that's that, that's my I, that's me personally. I can't speak for anyone else, but that's how I'm operating.
1: In your world, it's really more so how you present yourself.
0: Absolutely, yeah. I, I, perception is everything. I mean, when you meet someone, I did sales and. Uh, my position, what I do with the power company now, I go to different businesses to engage in conversation and join the, the program, say, you know, installation company, an HVAC company. So when I speak with them, you know, the presentation everything, you only have about five to ten seconds to talk to them and explain to them, to allow them to get past the majority of the business I go into that I'm black and you're white in this rural area. And it's, you know, they, of course, they don't look at you funny or, wow, what's he doing, or, of course, but, I don't allow that to, okay, you're acting funny. It is what it is. But at the same time, we in for a business. You want to you wanna survive. You want to let people know about your business and what you have. So I have a product that I can offer you to get you out there and different avenues and different marketing avenues that you can participate in the community, your city, your state to let people know what you're doing. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't, and it never happens. I, uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't run into it. It's, it's quite it's quite funny. I mean, you know, like you said, like I said, people um, people have those issues and situations, but I think it's all about how you carry yourself and um take take knock down the barrier that you know I'm a black man with dreads in the professional environment. I mean, yeah, I'm a black man with dreads in a high uh, position and, and uh, I don't it doesn't really 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 bother The people that bother yeah. are the People are small minded people mm. that's not open to change or not open to uh, what's really happening with diversity. I mean, if you get into different areas outside of where I'm currently living in West Virginia, uh, you know, anywhere else, the dreads and black men are in corporate America and diversity is taking place every single day. Entrepreneurship, uh, forced it's, its it's a lot more in. In the mainstream, that people really think this of course, you see it with athletes. You know, like helmets, basketball, different stuff like that. But even besides that, it's something it's really taking place more now that people are really aware of. Mm-hmm.
1: So, what's something you would say to someone? I like saw who was small-minded
0: and feel like the dreadlocks
1: are, is maybe not professional, or just don't view it as something that you'd be
0: successful with. That's a well. I haven't really had an encounter um, with people really addressing my hair in a negative way. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, it was more just really family. Like, why are you doing that? Or, you know, you, you Rasta, you pass a different religion? No. This <laughs> is who I am. It's something I want to do. That I, um, no. On, if anything, it was more uh, with different people. It's a conversation piece. Um, for me, someone so why of a different different background or whatever it's a conversation because the first thing they look at is my head. And I know they're looking at. It, so I'll address it. I'm like, yeah, I know I ain't got my hair done. Or they're looking like, wow, is that on your hair? And I can tell I know the difference when I get it done. And I may have some style, some more you know, what I call African ethnic hairstyle <laughs> when it's twisted or braided. I know the it's I'm going to get, it. And I, I'm cool with that. And they may be interested. How long did it take you get that done? Or you know, can I touch it? Is it real? So they just as intrigued with it as as we are. But sometimes we already have so many stigmas or negativity associated with us being black and dress and different things like that. You are like feel offended sometimes. But in my case, I don't get offended. Just they just intrigue. and want to know about it just as well as you know, as as you are getting it done for me. Every time I get it done do a new style, I'm just excited as probably the next person who wanna see it. Or my wife or my son, you know, my seven year old he doesn't know me without friends, So he's it's, it's cool when you see some pictures but I don't have have them you know, wow, that's how you used to look. So it's just conversation piece. Even even businesses, when I go talk to business different people, you know, it's, it's a conversation piece. Uh, they, they bring it up, and like I said, you know, they say, like, Larry Fisher, and that's their way of saying, like, I'll take it as a compliment mm-hmm. to the fact that I know they will have an issue with small amount of people who watch sports, they see Larry Fisher or whoever else come with dress, they will fall to him, oh, wow, you family look good, this, this, that, and the third. So for one say, I'm just, you know, normal working guy, but the family, they say that so that's their way of complimenting or saying something to that trying to have a confidence to be survived without trying to be offensive. So it depends how you look at it, you know, they can say you can look at and say, oh, they try to say all black people look alike or whatever I just, I try to stick from negativity, man I really do, because if you can go down that road and put any hairstyle, box fade, you can go anywhere but I, I like my dreads, I, I'm not going to cut it, I like it, it's, mm-hmm. it is, it is, it's how it is.
1: Alright, <laughs> last question, so, so you enjoy like really teaching people, educate people about the dread having conversations about, them. Yeah. but uh, do you let people touch them?
0: No, it's kind um, of funny, man, I, uh, the first time it happened to me, before I got to the position where I'm managing the energy program, I was working for the utility, I was going house to house, and it was kind of uncomfortable at first. It was, real, it was real personal, like, okay, what can I I'm like, Well, uh, if they ask, I'd probably say more you, yes versus if we are just having a conversation and you just reach up and grab, you know, like that type of thing. I'm like, <laughs> what are you doing? You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, I really don't have an issue. Uh, the biggest thing I really get is a real and it's sold in. So one of the things a lot of people uh, felt and realized, like, you know, of course, you know, racism and different things always been a big issue. But, you know, a lot of people watch TV, and they see people getting uh, sew ends, extensions, all this stuff. So the, the, the white females and white guys or whoever, they ask you, because they are hip to what's going on in their culture in their era, knowing that you can get sew-ins and wigs and weeds and, and different things. So they ask, is that a sew-in? You get a sew-in? No, that's fine. Let me show you. Then I pull it out, and I hold it, and there'll be some problem. You see where the growth is not. You know, so they say, how does it happen? How does it stay like that? And you know it's people on different scale, country, rural, business, and, and there it is. It's a conversation piece of how my hair turned to getting cut to letting it grow to a little mini to start off like little um, like little ants or little snakes or little curls or whatever it's start off too, to actually form them to be to be what it is now. And um, I think the more people are exposed to it on a professional level. You looking good with it? I can look like this, and we'll throw the shirt, the tie on, and I can come talk to five hundred to thousand people without a problem. Because I, in my mind, my concept, I don't, I don't, I just really don't any negativity. Uh, it just that's it's not how we flow. At uh, my house and our family, we just we look for positive results and everything. Of course, you know. People are not going to like you because you're blue. Black. People are not going to like you because they don't like you Period. And uh, I don't look as, <clears throat> you know, I'm black, I have one strike. Okay, now I'm black, I had two strikes. I only have one strike left. Uh, I, don't, I don't operate that way. Um, but it's that's me, you know. That's me. And I've been successful. That's that's what gets me results. Uh, I've been very successful, man. And, uh, that's it.
1: All right. That well, wraps it up. any? else you wanted to add or throw in?
0: No, I think these are really good things. You uh, take the time to come out, uh, talk, ask questions about different opinions. Uh, I know doing different interviews, speaking with different people, uh, some people have different concepts of, of their experiences. Mm-hmm. And some people have different experiences they have, and they only have dreams, and It's probably crazy. But you know, this goes back to, you know, you get what you put out there. If you put hard work, effort, time, respect, and you treat people as cordially, you don't look at them as this this is that this and the third. That's what you're gonna receive back. You know what I'm saying? You you, you wanna get the same respect back. And I um, I, I think the the dreads and uh, black young men come together as one and just really going on professional level, I think it is, it is something that's part of who, who we are as a young, different as we're called the millennials, you know like I was saying about my uncle he, he's, he's one of them old school cats you know, he's, you know, they're having a thing like a haircut, white man, this white man, that, man I'm not worried about the white man <laughs> you need to be worried about, you know, your neighbor you provide for the, I'm, I'm not he's not taking anything from me, you know you only get what you put out there, you know so I'm not, I don't know, that's a whole different type of conversation, but, you know, some people are just small-minded, and that's one reference to small-minded people. You know, just, they, they feel like you're in a box, and I, don't, I don't look at myself in a box. You know, I, I really don't. So, uh, I think me and my wife, my wife was telling me about an interview that she had, not interview, but she was watching Oprah Winfrey interview someone and asked her about racism. And she said she never had an issue to get where she at because of her racial skin. Uh, she said she heard a quote from live in Al Sharpton mm-hmm. But never mind. I can't quote it correctly so I'm not even gonna say it, but it's basically to the reference to the point that you know, don't let your skin color stop you from getting what you want to get, you know, and uh, you, sometimes you may have to work a little harder you know, or you have to have your stuff in line. But uh, I think that's that's one of our issues that's coming from a black community, coming from I mean I came from a long way from probably from growing up, to where I'm at now that my wife and I were pretty financial stable, I mean, we live in it. Uh, we're doing very good. Is It's just your mindset of what you can and can't do. And I, I, it's, it's open to anyone who wants to have a dream. And if you have a dream, you write it down and you make that dream real. And you make it real to the point that like, you feel like you can touch it and you see it, you visually see it, you see it on your paper, you mentally see it, and then you make that dream, you make it happen. That's how it is with the dress. Like when I first started, I knew what I wanted to do. Like I told you, I seen the guy on Sunday's best, his stuff was real long. And I see Malcolm Jamal Warner. Uh, and he's a professional. I see AJ on uh, BET. and uh, He has now cut his dress, but their guys were clean. They have great professionalism on TV. And, you know, uh, that's, just, that's the direction I went in. I want to keep professional and not focus that I have dreads. But at the same time, I know when I'm going to some job or some interview, I'm not going to walk in it. Like I was doing before I had this interview today with hair all over my face and my hair sticking up like that. You know, at least I would pull it back and clean this up, put my clothes on. Here I am, on Melbourne. Thanks for the interview.
2: I want to take a quick break to give you a little behind the scenes on what to come for Boss Logs. For starters, we're going to start producing some more content to elevate black voices and hear some insane stories from black leaders who are doing some big things. Um, Now, some of these are going to be public events that you could tune into on LinkedIn, Facebook, or YouTube. And I mean like live events, like live live. So all the mistakes and everything more you will see in person firsthand. Um, But some of the others will be private Events that you could only uh, experience if you're part of the Boss Locks Village or the Working Wild Black Facebook groups. If you're not already signed up, now is the time to get in before you miss out. Now, um, speaking of the village, if you want to support this podcast and my journey, the best way to do this is by signing up for the Boss Locks Village. You know, not only is it a place for private shows, but it's also a place to get behind-the-scenes content and see everything that I'm doing to grow the brand. So. want to support our show my journey and get access to these private events please visit the the um the link in the description to go directly to our patreon page the boss locks village now um last but not least everyone please go out and vote it's already now open for early voting and i think for the most of us you know there's no point in waiting uh polls are open now this it's This election is also bigger than Trump or Biden. You know, um, I know on the Georgia ballot, there's a bill on there that basically will determine if we could sue the government if they make laws that are unconstitutional. Now, I don't know about y'all, but that is big, especially uh, with everything happening in the past two years, um, there have been laws and ideas and things have been pushed that we all kind of view as um, going against our human rights so I think that it's regardless how you feel about the president candidates how we got to them and what we think they'll do over the next four years um, there are so many other things that are going on that need our attention from senates to congress uh, men and women to um, things like the bill I just mentioned so Please, you know, go out and vote. And I want to see all of those I voted stickers popping up on the gram, Facebook, and text them to me too. You know, I I want to see that y'all voted. And you know, early voting just means that you won't have to wait six hours in line um, in the middle of COVID to press the view button. So try to get out there this week, next week, and you know, let's let's make things happen, man. Now um Yeah, uh, I got I, I good warning, but I want to actually get back into our interview with Melvin Ross um, about to tune into part two. And it's it's it, it gets interesting. It gets interesting. So um, thank you for listening. And, um, you know, back to our show.
0: So we they, they, they put ourselves into a box or we allow people to put ourselves in the box because what they see on TV or they drive down the street. And a man with a standing on the side with some timbers on the side of his pen, they think we all the same. Unfortunately, we're not. I'm not I'm, yeah, we're saying we black and we dress, but I'm not the same for his activity, or his entrepreneurship or whatever he has going on. And the vice versa with the white man. You see them, they're the same ones standing on the street living in a trailer or they're looking at a hot mess or just walking in the mess. They're not the same as the business man. And so in my opinion, the same corporate America white guy that look the same guy that's standing in the corner with dress and look at him, I think that we are the same. But that same corporate America white guy, some questions I have with those particular individuals, they look at their own their own kind that's not working, living in a trailer park, not doing anything the same kind as the guy with the dread. they Look at them two as the same. But just because of who I am, they look at me at the level and the one that we have in conversation with. You know, sometimes a lot of people won't say, oh man, they like you, or you know, people call you all the time, look, oh, I'm telling you, I don't kiss no one's butt. I don't ask for anything at all, period. I'm at where I'm at because of my faith with my wife, and we support one another and we that we can get in there and we want to get because of what you because of your, your vision and your drive of what you want to have and you know uh, we, we pray and we ask the Lord but this is what we want this is exactly what we want that's what we want to get so we're going to put forth an effort and energy into going in that direction and not focus on what people are going to look at me, what people are going to say I mean the neighborhood we live in now when we first moved in uh, we the only black couple over there. I had this 90 year old man tell me asked me one time I told him, who you work for? I told him, I for the power company? You know, uh, he always accommodated me, keeping my yard so clean. But he said, Man, you always run around and make out everything so fast. You should work for UPS. So I got offended. And I told my wife, I was like, what the hell you mean? I should work for UPS. Well, I can't work for the power company or something. But she's like, no, you got to think. You know, he's 93 years old. For you be living over here in this neighborhood, you work for a power company or something that he probably never expected to want to happen. So I'm cool. And now that guy talked to me every single day. He came to my house the other day. He walked on my porch. He brought me calendars for every year and whatever and stuff. He said, Melvin, I'm on my last leg. He's 93 years old, Mr. Hayes. He said, Melvin, you don't have any kids. And uh, he always talked to me about going on vacation and different stuff. He said, now Melvin he ain't put a stint, but he said, am on my last leg. I'm slowing down. So in the past five years we've living where we are living at, he's seen a big change. Now I know a change to him. And and it's sincere. Uh, and, and I'll be the type that something happened to him, thank Mr. Hayes. And I'll go to the funeral. Probably only, but I know there's a difference in him since I've been there and how he reacts to me. And uh, I could have took what he said offensively and started doing dumb stuff. But it, it never happened. I mean, he speaks to me no matter where I'm at. He'll holler, scream, hey, Melvin, I'll be on the other end of the street. But, uh, you know, it, it's just one of those things, you know. So, I, I, I think really it's funny and we am say this that I use I use my black as a get in free card you know not get in free but I promote myself like it's, yeah it's who I am I, I, this is it uh, and that's that's kind of how I, I, mean, I don't I really don't follow any negativity like I could tell you that people say uh, yeah, you know people like you and your wife uh, yeah they might like us but
2: we don't go around lying we don't go around just
0: trying to try get over people it's just just Want a handout, man? You know, we we volunteer, we put our time in. When we first got introduced to the area where we live, we bought our house, it's a new area, and uh, we wanted to start going to, you know, house parties, basically. You know, people in certain areas are certain stigma the, the mayors and the big shop, college the grocery stores, all the car lots in this area. We wanted to be the part of our social club. We got tired, you know, you know, the clubs, black scene was getting too crazy, little people shooting all that stuff. So we won a different social club. And that's what we got. A house historical, we received a letter in the mail about a historical party, and we went. And it was weird. That was the only black thing that we had each other. And they'll say, hey, you know, meet you or whatever, because you know, of course. They'll say hi, hi or whatever. And then from there on, we kept going, we kept showing our faces. Everything we got invited to, we go. Every single day. It was very uncomfortable. And uh, but then it got to the point, you know, they to speak and say, but we always had each other, we said by each other. And when we looked, we dressed up, we were claimed, participated, did everything that was needed to be doing, not do anything out, out of the ordinary. He said, anybody we went. But then it gets to the point now that as soon we walk in the room, people watch, hey, how y'all doing? and ah, you know, what's your name, what you do? That that gravitate to it. We're gonna stand in that corner and you give me about 30 to 40 minutes, I can't they can really come running. Talking to you, want to ask a question, want to know what you're doing, how business is going, and that's the thing I was saying about this, staying consistent, taking advantage of the opportunities, of things that happen in the, in the environment. Yes, it's going to be uncomfortable at first, absolutely, and they're going to at you like, "Who the hell is he? Why is he here?" But every time you go, it's like, because oh, you blazer on, button up your shoes, and you keep it moving, and don't, don't, don't even care. And that's to the point. I took the new city manager, Dane Wright. He came from New York. Was at a historical meeting. He met me. I ain't know the dude from Adam. He said, I want you on He started talking, that's what I do. And I told him, he said, I want you on our, um, our planning commission. I started as a normal board member. The next following year, I got moved up to the vice chair of the Bluefield Planning Commission that helps make decisions on the city, did different movements. Um, I, you know, me and my wife, we get invited to the Every group the go the guy that owned the grocery stores in the area, Grand Supermarket, Tom Cole, the mayor, we can personal to his Christmas parties. Um uh, the senator of Bill call that was running for governor. We can to his house every year for Halloween party, send a private invite to our email. We see them, they speak to us. Uh it's and it all become being consistent who you are and not, not having that block. And then one of the things is that in this area that we really have to it's no longer that one family can do it. As far as the Coles, you know, you probably heard of the Coles and the rail yard, that, you know, in the coal that it just so much black people on the north side that it is the white people on the south side. But there's no longer just this white family can do the whole thing to bring people back to where it used to be. It has to be a merge. And mm-hmm. my wife and I, we kind of put ourselves in a position to merge the two together. You know what I'm saying? We have people like, man, can you introduce a distance and a third? Yeah. We can introduce you to those type people, but once you make that connection, it's on you to hold your end up on it. You know what I'm saying? Not for you, to, not for you to burn the bridge. We, you know, we we made some connections, some connections that people were introduced to the people that can help them get to where they want to go. It didn't work out because of that person's mentality or their mindset. They want to take, 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 but don't want to give back. You, know, you, you gotta give. You know, you gotta volunteer your time. You know what I'm saying? You, you can't go in so bolshers. So all the black people don't get this. Black people don't get this. And do the black people really want? It, you know, it, it, it's it, it's it's so much. That you know, sometimes I feel that we knock our own self out with our own negativity, our own small our own small mind. you know what I'm saying? That if you go interview someone else different, they'll say the white man won't ever have anything. But what are you trying to get? You say white man, do you how you been working? You have a job, you have a business plan? No, nope, why not? What do you do? Well, you know, I mean, I can't get a job. Why can't you get a job? I got a felony. Why do you have a felony? Because I was selling drugs, exactly. So it's always a cause. It's a reaction to cause. You know what I'm saying? I don't have a record. I'm pretty sure you don't have a record. I'm pretty sure. So I, 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 I look at things a lot different, man. So instead of you trying to go start off with a Fortune 500, you got to start you can start off because you have a record. Start at McDonald's. Build yourself up. Go to the wall. Build yourself up. Have a clean record. Then you're able to get to where you want to go. A lot of times, you're not going to come out of jail from selling drugs and go get some make $50,000 in your job. <laughs> it's not going to happen. But you did it to yourself. So everyone had, I think everyone had the exact same opportunity as the next person. It's just about you what know, you're gonna take advantage of opportunity. Some people are right, some people may have you know parents that had stuff set up for them, you know. Yeah, you're right, but some people had to try to work a little harder. But you still sit with the same opportunity to start something. But you know, we listen to the track meeting. Yeah, it's a trap, you know. That's why it's called the track meet. Rick Cross, Lil One, ain't none of them doing what they say they don't. They ain't pushing no keys. Come on, man. Really? <laughs> you know, so they'll be locked up. You know, like, come on. Ain't nobody stupid? And we, we, you see in the area of different neighborhoods, yeah. Some people riding around, nice ride, all that stuff. No matter of time, any time, you can get popping going it's gone. You're doing 20 to 30 years. It's always a has been. Oh, yeah, they used to be ball. They used to have that. They used to do that. But I'm cool maintaining what I'm doing. Can I get where I'm getting? With the people I know and the connection I have, I never not have to worry about anybody taking anything from me. That's it, man. I have to teach people just mindset. And once you get past that, uh, people like yourself and myself and my wife, you know, just best stand straight being be consistent where you are. The possibility endless, man. Yeah, it's endless. I and mean, I don't think every white man look at the black man with reds the same way. No. It's you know, It's a perception. It happens. You got to feel right, but, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things. I had, uh, I think, a basketball coach told his high school student he do not go in dress because it's not going to look good when you try to get to a college and stuff like that. small of people, man. I was looking, but I shut up and we'll be all day, man. <laughs> I just want money in the
2: bank
1: and say back when
2: just in Alright, that is a wrap. You know, thank you all for listening to Boss Locks. So Assure we are redefining professionalism, elevating black voices, and proving that natural hair and professionalism do coexist. Now Like Melvin said, you know, he could go on and on and we're actually going to bring him back soon. You know, that interview was recorded back in 2017 and, you know, a lot has happened for uh, My Life Boss Locks and a lot has happened in his life as well. So really looking forward to bringing him back on. So stay tuned for that. Now, in the meantime, you know, we're we're back. We went on this like two week break and it was perfect. It was everything I needed. So um, we're back to every Tuesday, putting out some incredible stories from black leaders and i can't wait to share the next one that's coming up now um, you can stay tuned and plugged into everything that we're doing by going to bosslocks.org make sure you are signed up to the mailing list uh check out our patreon page and make sure you're supporting and get access to some new things coming up and of course make sure you are following or tuned in to working while black Right now, it's a Facebook group, but we're about to bring it to LinkedIn and shake up that professional world. So um, I'm excited and nervous, but it's gonna be great either way. Um, thank you all for listening. Thank you all for your support, your continued listening. I love getting the messages from all of y'all and um also you know I I have a lot to announce, but I'm gonna cut it right here. Um (laughs) thank you all once again. Tune in next Tuesday and for my email newsletter subscribers, y'all gonna get a um a uh, surprise message pretty soon. Thank you all for tuning in and I'll speak to you soon.
1: Them, shout the family, cause I need them, yeah I need them. If I pull up in the German, I I want the best version. to kill bills like Uma Thurman, Uma thermom. Money in the bag. Money in the bag. I just
0: want money in the bag. Money in the bag. I just want money in the bag. Money in the bank I just want money in the bank I just want I just want money in the bank